On How to Be 60 this week, the nation's favourite weather forecaster, Carol Kirkwood, who turns out to be quite the whirlwind. And when I retire, whoopee, I am going for it. I'm going to do loads of things. So it's so liberating to be 60. And I'm wondering how to be 60. It's scaring the shit out of me. Hello everybody, it is How To Be 60 time. Karen McKenzie and I are curried in in our wee tin can in Glasgow. <laughs> I bought you a coffee. Mm-hmm. You did actually, I just had one and I'm feeling slightly ill. What, what do you mean? That no, cost nearly you. three quid. I, who bought one last week? I don't, I don't know. I, I did, I did. I bought it so It's did not you? as if you're out of pocket, you're just even Stevens. Do you know what? We need to get down to Asda. Pourquoi? Because have you heard of the New Deal? Well, I won't be eligible because I am too young. Can I just say that again? Because I am too young. What, by 30 days or something? No. Less than that, actually. But for the old over 60s like you, doll, (laughs) you can go down to Asda, one pound meal deal, soup, a roll and all the tea and coffee you can drink. Is that right? <laughs> Soup. And I, God, you get there, you'd be there for the day, wouldn't you? <laughs> Saving on electricity. Mind you, I bet they keep the doors open so you're, you're not there for the day. Would you go? Oh, you're mad. Why? Oh, gads. No, I'm a bit funny with soup as well. It's got to be really good soup. <laughs> I bet it's like... How can anybody oh, be funny with soup? Well, they'll put rice in it to bulk it out. <laughs> and that's just a non-starter for me. Oh, It's not happening. No? No. I don't mind. And Price then you ask what their veggie stuff is, and it's always got mm. a carrot and coriander. Oh, <laughs> I had mushroom soup oh, for right. lunch today, actually. Oh, did you? And you know, you open the vat and you think, ooh, because it doesn't look nice. It's actually the colour of your jumper. It's the oil enough. on top. You can cut the crap and just move on. <laughs> Carry on with your story. I'm ready for it. But it tastes, it actually, you know, you look at it and you go, ooh. And then you taste it and you think, oh. That's because you're not a cook yourself. No, well, that's true. I'm, I'm grateful for whatever I get. Did you get right it at enough. the BBC or was it en route? To your... No, I got it at the BBC because it's cheap there. It's not quite Asda. But, you know, we're getting down to that. Can I just say, by the way, in the future, the next podcast we do, I'm going to sit in your chair and you're going to sit in mine. Because I, I get a better view. No, I'm on the side angle. I'm mm-hmm. on the side angle. It's never here. good with that chin. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sorry. I think I'm going to have to take a break before I can carry on. <laughs> oh, why do you want to sit in my seat? Because it's a better view. Because when you're on the side like me, it kind of it doubles you. You, you know, the perspective isn't good. I'm an optical illusion because no, I'm actually you're not. A very, I'm actually a very slender person with 36. How, 32 how, how, double D. Oh, 32 double D. Thank you. Um, yes. <laughs> Whereas, and it just the thing is, just look at me. It elongates me. It looks your makes, chest is makes supposed me look like to be a barn gate. bigger than your stomach. Is it? No, it's supposed to be. Is it? Oh, well, I've had two coffees and mushroom soup, which does bulk things out. Anyway. Um, Actually, we've got two really nice emails uh, because I was going to say, here's we talking nonsense all the time. Maybe we don't talk nonsense all the time, but actually we've just proved that we... <laughs> we actually do. ...do talk nonsense all the time. Um, but do you want these really nice emails? We'll do, yeah, that'd be very nice. I'm mixing things up a yes. little bit here. Yes, Um I work as a matron in the NHS. Do not, you know what? I didn't know they still had matrons. <laughs> not me, the person who's emailed no, in. I understand that. I just didn't... I thought matrons were a thing of the past. They're like Hattie Jacks, that kind of thing. No, my mum was was a matron. Yeah, but your mum's... Yeah. Gone. 
Gone. Yes. O- older. Yeah. Currently, anyway. I didn't know they had. Listen, right. Okay. Jan has got in touch. Mm-hmm. She's a matron. Let's not try and, <laughs> you know, undermine the emails. <laughs> Sorry, I work Jan. as a matron in the NHS and I found your podcast some months ago whilst on COVID recovery and I've loved it ever since. Oh, nice. Now at 61 and I'm my healthiest for years, having discovered running, oh. um, but running scared for sure of retirement and what lies ahead. Um, I lost two brothers aged 32 and 54, so now I feel privileged to be my age and a responsibility to them to live it. So Mm -hmm. with inspiration from your podcast guests and yourselves, (laughs) I am taking the jump and I'm retiring next year after what will be 44 years NHS service. This is the second NHS worker we've done. This is like We're clearing out the NHS. I know, I know. This is terrible. They need people. Uh, I'm moving to live by the sea and I'm training to be a human celebrant. Thank you, Carol Smiley. Oh my gosh. Isn't this wonderful? That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And wait for this. Wait for this. Keeping up the great, keep up the great work. Uh-huh. I wonder if you realise. Actually, I'm going to laugh when I read this, Jan. It's not disrespectful, but if you realise the impact of your wise, funny, authentic, thought-provoking, honest, oh. caring Good words. Do you think she's Can getting us adjective? mixed up with another podcast? No, <laughs> I don't know if any of them are, are appropriate. Yeah, no, no, actually. That's really nice. Thank you, Jan. Thank wow. you. Actually, that, that forget really... Forget that people listen. I mean, I'm really glad they do. You forget that people listen. Well, you know, no, you forget that people... Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's another one, the same, uh, from Andrea. She says, I turned 60 in December 21, at which point I'd always planned to retire. Now I am there. I'm nervous about giving up work. I really enjoy mixing with a variety of age groups and I'm worried that I will lose that when I retire. I've been mulling over what the next 15 to 20 years will look like for me. I feel so totally lost that a friend suggested that I see a therapist. Um, at first, I felt like a fraud, a middle class woman with first world problems. Problems, but listening to your podcast, I identify with so many of the situations and feelings discussed, and it's great to know that I am not alone. Wow. So, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, that's God. It is so nice. It really is to think that, you know, people do respond to, I mean, joking aside, because uh-huh. as everybody knows, I set up this podcast because I was a basket case about being 60. Was. Um, I'm still a little bit of a basket case about being 60, but not, yeah. I'm not 60 yet. But it is really, really nice to to think that um, people get something from listening. It, yeah. it is. Um, and I'm thinking we should get a wee website and maybe if people are happy with it, put, because we get so many emails that we can't know, read out. I know, I know. Put I them up on a website so other people can read yeah, them. Yeah, that would be nice actually. And respectful, I think, as well, wouldn't you? Yes. Respectful is maybe the wrong word, but it's just it's it, a shame that we can't read them all out. Yeah. And and it's just like, well, where are they going? We read them, we get the pleasure of reading them, and then, yeah, so that would be really good. Yes. Yeah, so That's so a good might. idea, Kate. How patronising. That's a really good idea. Thank Kate. you. Thank you, Karen. Would you, would you, because I do most of the work, in fact, not would all you ask of me the to work. Set up a website? Would you set up the website? I've got a Scooby. I just don't do technical stuff. Really? I just don't. Yeah. Oh my God, no, that would give me the... You are useless. I am. Yes. In terms of technical, but actually, do you know what? You're not so great yourself on the old technical stuff. You keep bringing this up, but that's not true. That's because I keep bringing it up because you're denying it. You aren't any... Well, I'm not saying you aren't any good, but you're not that great. <laughs> are you? I was trying to have a positive vibe today. Well, by saying to me, I'm useless. I think that's the word you used. No, by reading out these lovely emails. No, I know, and they are lovely. No, no, they're great, and please keep them coming. Thank you. And we've got more sunshine coming today. Sunshine and a balmy breeze in the form of Carol Kirkwood. (laughs) Well, thank goodness, because it's blinking miserable. Actually, it's not bad today, but oh my God, (laughs) I've had a week of getting soaked. 
out dog walking. I mean, I've got good waterproofs, thank God, but geez, it gets you down. Oh my God, it gets you down, doesn't it? Does You're it? looking at me like I'm a blinking off a different planet. Well, talk about first world problems, to be fair. It's all relative. Yes. Yeah, so well, I've it only, is all relative. Yeah, yeah, I know that, but it's still... Carol's from your neck of the woods, you know. Right, Kay, that could be anywhere, nor- according to your kind of geography, anywhere north of Glasgow. Well, she 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 comes from close to Fort William. <laughs> The Highlands. Aye, yeah. Kate, it's a bit like, you know, when you're abroad. From up there. Oh, I know somebody from Scotland, <laughs> you know. You're Scottish? Oh, my God. I can't believe that. I know someone from Scotland. Yeah, that's good. Oh, well, William, that'll be Loch Aber then. Uh, will it? Loch Aber High School. Loch Aber no more. What was that song again? The 500 Miles. Is that, does that come from? No. no oh dear. Yes, it is. It's the same band. Is it The Proclaimers? Nathan, our little podcast. It is. It's that. Is very it's the whole kind of industrial. No, no more. No, no more. It's all ear Actually, I'm just thinking, has there ever been anything more old lady than the two of us? <laughs> just sort of screeching out lyrics from songs that we have no idea what they are. I mean, that is what your mum does, isn't it? I, know. Oh my I don't God. even get the lyrics right. Oh, I just think no, I get them all wrong. It's Letter from America, so it's the Proclaimers. Well, that was good. I did, I got halfway. Do you know what I would hate mm-hmm. is to be on um, Thingy Master. What's that one at half past ten, Radio 2? Oh, actually, we should be listening Pop to you at that time. Yeah. I always think, oh my God, imagine if I was forced to go on that. I would never, I would get one right and that would be it. And I, I often listen in my way when, when uh, obviously, uh, listening back, because otherwise I'd be listening to UK on BBC Radio Scotland. Well, you wouldn't and you don't have to even pretend because I know that you have got a crush on Ken Bruce. I do like Popmaster. Anyway. No, okay, Ken Bruce. Oh, yeah, okay then. Anyway. You do, don't you? I think he's, I wouldn't say he's attractive to look at, that would be shallow, <laughs> but I would say he's got the best personality <laughs> ever. He's funny, he's quick, he's slick, but you can't shag a personality. I didn't mean to say that. I could edit that out, but I won't. He's lovely as Ken Bruce. He's just, and do you know what? When people come on from Scotland, oh he's got a different tone to his voice. He obviously really likes it. You are blushing. I think I might be actually. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> right. Have you got anything more to say? Before yes. We, oh, you, you have. Right. Okay. But when I moved, when I came in, I can't believe you said that. Here, right. <laughs> Look what I got on the way in. What did you get when, Just... from your pannier? An apple. Yeah, I got loads of them. There's an apple tree out there, and loads had fallen down. Are you. So I'm making an apple pie. A bloke came out of the thing across the road and said, "Are you winding me up?" No, I'm not. There's a tree there with still a few on them, but I've got enough now. My sister's coming on Friday, so I'm going to make an apple pie, which I had a few Bramleys in the fridge anyway. Have you seriously been scrumping apples? And they keep coming, look. And do you know what? There's loads out there, so okay, you could actually get some yourself. That's brilliant, isn't it? I don't know what make they are. <laughs> They're stolen, that's what they are. They're not stolen, they were on the ground. I didn't shake the tree. Anyway, I'm delighted. That's a corker, isn't it? You're even more nuts than I thought you were. You really, really are. I think that's brilliant. I like that. God, well, that's good. I'm really glad you're happy. (laughs) Um, Right, one more, one more um, email before Carol Kirkwood escapes. (laughs) I mean, if I I, I was her, I might, to be honest. Um, So it's from Ian. 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 Looks to get in touch as well. well, well, Yes. Yeah. Um, Love the podcast. Great chemistry between you both. (laughs) 
I have a couple of future of requests for future guests. All right. Lorraine Kelly, who I thought Karen was initially. Quite a few people have said that. <laughs> it's that Scottish voice. Yep. And Carol Vorderman, who no one would ever mistake no, you for, that's for sure. No. Um, both women are over 60, uh, uh-huh. yet look fabulous and totally disregard the age label. Um, and Good. Ian says, I am 60 next February. And I was ambivalent towards it. Having listened to your podcast, my attitude has changed and I am now quite looking forward to reaching the milestone. Keep up the good work. That's excellent. Ladies. Great. Go. Great. Thank It'd you. It would be amazing if we could make people look forward to being 60. I know. I think your attitude is slightly changing now, isn't it? You're oh. certainly more positive than you were when you started this God, podcast. I'm going to be out there with a banner on the 28th of December. Uh, I might go topless. Well, because people need to see 60-year-old breasts. (laughs) Even 32 double D ones. Do you know what? I did an interview today on the radio and they were saying that the full moon was turning people mad. I think it might be true. There's not one tonight. Well, I don't know. Anyway, Carol, morning, afternoon, good day. How are you? Hello, ladies. I'm good, thank you. How are you? We are making me laugh. I'm just trying to be quiet there, but... (laughs) What a hoot. <laughs> hard work. Well, I don't know. Maybe it is the full moon. I, I don't know. I've just, we've gone a bit giddy, haven't we? What about her scrumping apples? I mean, is that something you do up north, Carol? <laughs> no. <laughs> we duke for apples. We don't, scrum, we don't scrum them, but just at Halloween. No, but you hold know, on a minute. If you saw some apples <laughs> lying on the ground, and I'm not talking the middle of the motorway, you know, and they're not, they're, they're not bruised, they're absolutely in good nick, would you not lift them? No, no, no. <laughs> surrounded by freaks. <laughs> I don't understand this. Honest to God, it's like free sort of food. food. Well, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it is, Karen. I'm still eating the brambles with my breakfast that I picked in the summertime. They're frozen. I mean, I didn't not just been sitting in the fridge, but yeah, oh, it's just me. She's like that. Fusty by now if you'd left them since the summertime. Yeah, they would be. Yucky. Now, Fusty, there's a word you don't use much in your everyday life, is it, Carol Kirkwood? We're taking you back. We're taking you back. There's such brilliant words like sugarly. That's another one. Whenever I say sugarly, everybody thinks I'm saying sugarly, not yeah. sugarly. Oh. But I love these words. And it's so nice to be able to use them and to be understood using them as well. I know. Or coats on a sugarly peg. I was, couldn't remember what the thing was. It's a sugarly peg. I was thinking, what is it that's on a sugarly something? It's a sugarly peg. You're right. I know. It's a great... Great expression. I, I get that on. I can't remember offhand, but on loose women, there's a couple of things that I say that you know just get screeches from the rest of the Isn't panel. That funny, you know what are you saying that for? And you know, to me, obviously, it's entirely natural. But I mean, you yes. think that I was speaking yeah. Martian? I mean, do you get that as well? Sometimes, sometimes. When I first joined the BBC umpteen years ago, about twenty five years ago, or even more actually, um, I. Well, to start with, I was the secretary in those days and it was like directory inquiries. We got all kinds of questions from members of the public. And one night at about 10 to 11, this lady phoned up and she said, can you tell me which underground I get off at for Harrods? <laughs> and I was a bit taken aback by this. And I said, oh, it's Nicebridge. And she said, what? And I said, it's Nicebridge. And she said, for heaven's sake, girls, speak the Queen's English. So after that, it gave me a wee bit oh. of a compliment. Oh. So I slow down my speech and try not to use it. Apart from drich, that's a good uh, one. Knows what it is. That's a good but weather word, isn't it? 
It's really good. It's very descriptive as well. God, it's funny you saying that um, because you wouldn't do this now, thank goodness. But when I first started, uh, you know, doing news reporting and my first job was in Birmingham, um, I changed my accent because I just went through weeks and weeks and weeks of every time I went in the office this morning, I got hoots, man, ugh, the no, you know, and all of this kind of Scottish yes, stuff. Yes, um, and and I, they weren't putting me on air because obviously I sounded oh Scottish. So I just changed my accent, and honestly, to my shame, because I sounded like the Queen Mother on acid. I mean, <laughs> to think back to what she sounded like. I really, I made King Charles sound like Jamie Oliver. I really really oh did dear. it was a, a whole new thing very RP oh my how god how did you sound can you remember uh, so far back I was talking like that I really oh. was and I remember <laughs> once it was like dear. late night uh, sorry I'm talking about myself Carol we're here to talk about you but it was a late night bulletin two o'clock in the morning that's the only time they would let me on oh. the witching hour um, and uh, the autocue was going and they freeze and you always see a nanosecond you see the words a nanosecond before you actually have to say them um, and so it was glass ashtray somebody had been hit over the head with a glass <laughs> ashtray in Merry Hill um, and I thought oh Jesus I'm in trouble here because if you're, if you're not posh but you're trying to be posh you say try, be posh and say glass ashtray Glass ashtray. It was glass ashtray. Right. That was ashtray. <laughs> glass ashtray. And actually, my jaw went into spasm. It was try it, Carol, in a posh voice. Glass ashtray. Glass ashtray. <laughs> See, it's not easy. <laughs> it's, another one is another one that's hard is Google. I find it really hard to say Google. Google. Do you? Google. Yes. No, I, yes. I, I get, and, and the other one is sandwich. Oh no, that's a why is it? There's not a G in it, like sang which. Well, I don't know. Us in the English, sorry, English, sandwich. lovely, lovely, lovely English sandwich. people. Yeah, it's there, there we go. So, Carol, you are a bit of an enigma in that you're one of the most well-known people in the country, but nobody knows anything about you. Uh-huh. Have you managed to do that? And you know what? Kate's going to stay that. Way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do a kind of like swapping system because we know nothing about Kay actually. So we could swap or barter kind of personal. But is that a conscious thing? Well, I never talk. I'll talk about myself, but I don't talk about those around me because I always feel I've put myself in this position, but they haven't. And some of them just want to remain private. Like my other half, he's not interested in being in the limelight at all. And I respect that. So I keep him out. His name is Steve. And that's all that anybody really knows about him. Oh, my God. He's gorgeous. He's handsome. He's funny. He's just the business. Oh, <laughs> well, isn't that lovely to hear that. Well, I'm getting a bit worried because Karen's got a Stephen too, and I'm worried it's the same one, and you don't know. Oh, these are the words that just fall out of my mouth every time I talk about him. He's handsome. He's fat. What was the other one? <laughs> I'm charming. No, it's not the same one. So. This is quite a recent, not a recent relationship, but you, I mean, it must be really difficult now to keep anything private. Um, I mean, I'm a bit similar to you, as Karen says, and I'm not desperate to volunteer details about my life. Um, But as we live in this world now that people almost expect private details, don't Mm -hmm. they? Yes. And somehow if you hold it back, you're lying or you're deceiving people. I know, and sometimes when you hold it back, People will print things anyway, but oh. you haven't 
necessarily said, or you might have said in a different context, which is a bit annoying. But what I find is if you do say that to people, look, my private life is private. I'm happy to talk about myself, but that's about it. And because when I do interviews, it's normally for a reason. It's not just for the sake of, hi, I just want to talk to you and try and raise my profile. So so people are quite respectful of that and they don't probe so much. They'll try, but when I just cut it short, then they don't probe anymore. And that's really nice. And I'm so grateful to anybody that's ever interviewed me, Kay and Karen, for, <laughs> for doing that. <laughs> We're not interviewing you. We're having a chat. <laughs> that's different. That's being allowed to reveal any personal details oh. about yourself. <laughs> I know. That's the trouble. We get lulled into it. No. All sense of security, then boom. Yes. Things. Mm. But to be honest, there's nothing really exciting to tell. I lead quite a, a boring life. And you're talking about being 60. I was really looking forward to being 60. It's like this new freedom where you don't give a monkey's what anybody thinks about you. When I was younger, I used to think, oh, they don't like me or better not say that in case it's wrong and all this stuff. No, too bad. I'm as entitled to my opinion as anyone else is. And when I retire, whoopee, I am going for it. I'm going to do loads of things. So it's so liberating to be 60. I was 60 in May. Wow. So did you did you have a party and did you think, right, yay, you didn't run out in the street and with your boobs out, did you, like I'm planning to do? <laughs> no, I had a black in my eyes if I had. Um, no, I definitely didn't do that thing. Steve asked me, did you want to have a party or a surprise? And I said, a surprise. So he took me away to Venice and we had the most fabulous, fabulous holiday. It was brilliant. Oh. But... But that's about it. You know, I'll celebrate with my family when I'm next up home. Um, but it's, you know, life is good and it's to be lived and life is short. And so just get out there and enjoy it and live it because before you know it, you might not be able to for whatever reason. And that's very much my attitude. And has that always been your attitude to life? I've always had a positive mental attitude and try and look on the bright side, but I'm human as well. (laughs) Sometimes I do, things pull me down as well. And social media originally used to, you'd be hit with all kinds of trolls saying nasty, ridiculous things to you. And then one day, light bulb moment, I thought, just mute them. I don't need to see this. Just mute them and they can go and have a rant by themselves somewhere else so that doesn't bother me anymore but sometimes I'll block and report them but really people's opinions apart from those that I respect and love really don't matter to me anymore they really don't and I mean that sincerely Mm. Yeah, that's good to hear. We're hearing that more and more from women that have turned 60 in that they don't Lett care. was saying the same thing, wasn't she? Yeah, and, and absolutely it's just liberating to just say what you want and, and you've just got life and it get on with it and it's just it's just such it's so lovely to hear that it's almost like I don't care what anyone thinks I don't care what I say anymore it's just it's it's different it's lovely you've got the confidence to just be yourself and just go for it exactly this is me and if you don't like me too bad you've got nothing to prove anymore no no nothing to prove and so much to do and as I was saying life is for the living so I used to run and got hit by a car a couple of years ago, just at the beginning of lockdown, and I permanently damaged my knee and also my thumb. I can still obviously walk, but I used to run and cycle a lot, and I was on my bike when I got hit. So that's made me nervous about cycling. So now I power walk everywhere, and that's a great time to be thinking. When I'm thinking, I'm usually planning 
what I'm going to do next, even if it's just, you know, what I'm going to do at the weekend. And it might be making apple pie, for example. Do you need some? Do you need some apples, Carol? No, but I need a recipe. <laughs> we can get that to you. And all the windy, uh, windy weather around, just keep a lookout for the apples. They'll be there. <laughs> but there's there's so much to look forward to and so much to enjoy. And I know there's lots of rubbish going on at the moment as well with, you know, the cost of living, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when we were kids, if we were cold, mum didn't say, I'll just turn up the central heating. She'd say, go and put on another jumper. And so you deal with the situation as it occurs and you just get on with it. It's easy for me to say that because I'm healthy and fit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, that's my approach to life and that's how I deal with these things. So what, what was your upbringing then? I mean, you're from up there, <laughs> as I like to call it. <laughs> where, where are you from? I'm from a wee village called Motor, which is in the Highlands, the Northwest Highlands. Oh, you're in Motor? Yes, oh, near Fort William. Know that. Near Malig then, yeah. or near yeah. kind of... Uh... Near Malig. Oh, right, I was there yeah. last year as well. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's- yeah, it's beautiful. The sands of water, gorgeous. Absolutely. Do you know when we were kids, we'd go to school, after school, nip home, swimming costumes on, onto our bikes, up the lock side or up to one of the beaches, go for a swim. That was how free it was. We didn't, in those days, lock doors of houses or cars or anything like that. And then we'd come back in time to watch Blue Peter and or News Round, homework, supper, bath, bed. That was, that was my upbringing. I'm from a huge family, so I've got seven brothers and sisters, five sisters, two brothers. Wow. So there was somebody to play with as well as our friends as well. So, and you learn to share it as a result. And, you know, he who shouted the loudest would be heard. But by the same token, when I was young, I was in motor school to start with, and there were only 30 pupils in the whole school, primaries one to seven. And in my class, we had the biggest class and there were only eight in my class. Wow. So you were a big fish in a small pool. But, you know, as you go through the years, you then become a minnow in an ocean kind of thing. And your confidence takes a bit of a hit. A hit. And then you start building your confidence again. And by the time you hit 60, woof, you're laughing, basically. So how do you see the next 10 years then? Or how far ahead do you look? Um, it's probably the next 10 years. So... I plan, plan to retire within the next 10 years because I don't think I'll be able to reach the Northern Isles by the time I'm 70. We're in Northern But um, I plan to, to do that. And I'm writing books at the moment. I've got two out, just finished a third, and I've got a fourth on the way. So I'm going to carry on doing that. They're just fiction. They're not uh, anything else. It's just just romantic fantasy with a bit of a twist and a turn here and there. Um, so I'll carry on doing that. But I want to travel. I want to go places and go away, you know, for a month rather than for two weeks annual leave and stay in an Airbnb. And then when this is, all, of course, if I can afford it. And then when I've been there for a month, think, right, let's go somewhere else and we'll head off somewhere else for another two weeks. And, you know, that kind of thing, if it's possible. I would love to do that because just now, like all of us, we're limited as to what we can do. We've had COVID and if you work, then the chances are you've only got a finite amount of annual leave that you can take and go anywhere. And then, of course, there's the cost and you add in that now, the cost of living. So there's all these restrictions. But in an ideal world, 
that's what I would love to do. Love to see more of the world, you know, learn a bit more about the world. And I'm fascinated by climate change as well. And I want to learn more about that. And that's an ongoing thing for me to do. So but I was doing a course about it this morning at the BBC. So there's there's so many things still to do. I don't want to to hang up and click or sit down and just sit in front of the telly drinking tea. I'd rather do lots of things and just get out there and enjoy life. And the funny thing as well is when you you talk about retiring, so just say, I don't know when I'm going to retire, but say it was in five years' time. You know, you think if it was five years' time this Friday and Friday was my last day at work, how would I feel? Because I've always worked and I love my job. And it would, would it be like, you know, a bereavement? You're leaving something that you loved so passionately and you're going into the abyss, or would it be, yahoo, now let's get cracking. And I think for me, it would be the latter rather than the former. Although when it happens, I will miss my job and I'll miss all my colleagues behind and in front of the camera because it's a good team that I work with. I know, I don't want to be doom and gloom, but you oh, know go what? go on, go on. It's been a bit happy <laughs> well, so far. You just think, if you, you know, you're saying that you want to do all this travelling, Oh my God! I know. I think it's because I spoke to somebody I can't this morning wait to see tra- what's coming. No, Carol. no, no! You just got me in the most of blinking life, and get on with it sooner rather than later. Because the cliche, you don't know what's around the corner. And as we're reaching and further up, are you telling I, Carol to to give up her job now? No, but you know what? I would be like <laughs> two or three years. I'd be getting out there because just get on with it. Because if you, if that's something you definitely want to do, and you've got a new partner, and it's like have the time together and just do what you really want to do. I mean, I know you still love working. It sounds like you still do. But it's like, God, I suppose it's like once you reach 60s, we were saying you're in your third, that horrible, not third semester. What do you call it? That third Third age. age. I hate that flaming expression, Mm. third age. It's like there's still so much to cram in. You just need to take time for that. It's weird, Karen, because I don't feel 60s old. I still feel naive. That I've got, you know, the world is my oyster and I've still got years and years and years and years ahead with good health. And you're quite right, because who knows what's around the corner? You know, you don't know if you're going to have good health and you don't know how long you're going to live. Yeah, don't Carol, so you just need to be thinking about things. (laughs) I know, but I still feel really positive and excited about what's yet to come with life and in life. I suppose also, though, with your partner, you've got to be in step with him. You know, is he ready to take off and do all these things? Yes. Oh, I'd be getting on with it. Get on with it. What are you waiting for, Carol? I know. Okay, I'm just going to write this quick. I'm just going to... No, but... As of tomorrow. No, no, but... Do you know what? I don't often agree with Karen here, but... No. And, and I can apply her reasoning to myself as well, totally. But what are you waiting for? I guess it's because this is all I've ever known. I've always, always worked, always. And not to work would be odd to me. It would be liberating to me as well. And maybe there is a little bit of a, an element of fear about giving it up. I don't think so, mm-hmm. but perhaps perhaps there is. Um, and then you worry, I've always had an income because I've always worked. That's going to stop, mm-hmm. you know, and how is that going to manifest itself if I lived till the same age as my mum, which was well up my 90s? You know, all these things you take into account. But also... I still really enjoy my job. It's not a labour of love at all. It's I, I enjoy it. 
and it's fun and I meet lots of interesting people and I get to go to lots of interesting places. I am working when I'm going to these interesting places, but it still is good fun. It's a privileged position that I'm in and I appreciate that. So, and you think, well, if I give up my job now, it means I'll miss this, this and this next year. How do I feel about that? Maybe one more year. Just give it another year. Mm. If I drop dead tomorrow, you two will be saying, see, you told her. Oh, we will. <laughs> I know. And I, it sounds like there is a little element of fear. Can I just say that my mum was in her 90s when she died. So we're all thinking, yay, we're going to go, you know, as long as that's mm-hmm. kind of like the genes my dad was in his, I think maybe 90 as well. We're all very healthy. At least we all feel very healthy. Mm-hmm. And then there's my four sister, of there's four girls, right? But earlier this year, my sister was diagnosed with spinal stenosis, right? Now, Kerry, this is, so it's really affected her walking. She can't walk. She's in a great deal of pain. Nobody anticipated that. She was the one that always stormed ahead. And so you just think. How old is Kerry? Kerry's 71. And we're all really fast walkers because my mother always dragged us around the shops. We had to be out the door, back in the room before lunchtime. You're like, mm. but none of us expected this and suddenly that's that's come from nowhere and I'm not being negative but I just think we all thought it's to do with your heart and you're healthy and there's no um, history of you know horrible diseases so as long as we can kind of keep ourselves fit we'll be fine and that came from nowhere where this is leading I'm not sure Carol but it's another way to say <laughs> you don't know what's around the corner no, it's very true. It's very true, Karen. You don't know what's around the corner. So if I read, if you see that I'm leaving the BBC at Christmas. <laughs> we want a dedication, <laughs> right? <laughs> Are we saying, have you got a job, girls? <laughs> yeah, but it, it is. Well, we're all of the same age, aren't, aren't we? Um mm-hmm. And we all obviously try and take care of our health and we're all hoping that we're going to maintain our health. And, you know, fingers crossed we we will. But inevitably, as you get older, your chances of something cropping up increase. I mean, that's just factual. Um, And so do are we perhaps being complacent by assuming that this good health is going Mm -hmm. to continue when actually it's perfectly feel I mean I've got a good friend who's a good bit younger than me who was recently diagnosed with breast cancer and um you know the healthiest person ever you know eats well exercises well doesn't drink does everything right and and it was her and you know it happens more and more as you get older mm-hmm. so do we have that time to hang about well, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Probably not, but where, where's your cutoff? I think you have to do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whether that's doing a job that you love or pursuing outside interests or staying at home. You know, if you're happy doing any of these things, do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that email actually that I read out from uh, Andrea kind of summed it up, you know, saying that she was 60 in December 21, so just December gone there and she'd always planned to retire, but now she's nervous about mm-hmm. giving up work because she enjoys mixing with a variety of age groups. She's worried she'll lose that. She's And, and she's actually gone into therapy to try and just sort of work these things out in her head which I think is a really positive step to think if Mm -hmm. if you think well I am struggling with this and Mm -hmm. I've got conflicting feelings um yeah go go and talk them through with somebody and you become institutionalized don't you when you've been in the same um company for years and years 
like the NHS, like the BBC or whatever, you do, you, that becomes your family or your home or whatever it is. And and to leave that and just be put out there, it is, it's scary because then it's you, everyone else is still busy at work and it's you that's having to put in extra effort to keep in touch. And there's always things going on in other people's lives. You know, we're all nice. sort of busy in our own way. But when you're out there having left work, it does feel like, oh my God, I'm out here now. So I guess if you do leave work, for anyone, it's like have a plan mm. to do whatever it is. Don't just be out there and thinking. What I now? think I think that's what I probably take from the conversations that we've had doing this podcast. In that, and I've said this before, but you know, my mum and dad just kind of drifted along, drifted along, worked, 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 and then ill health. I mean, you know, in their late seventies, hit them, and so they kind of worked till they dropped, to use that old expression, mm-hmm. um, and never actually stopped at any point to say. Okay, right, here we are, round about 60, um, or whatever age you choose. Right, what do I want to do? You know, because you have to accept that time is more limited. Um, Am I just going to drift, drift, drift until I'm forced by circumstances to do something? Or am I going to try and take some kind of control over the situation and make some positive choices? Um, And I think that is what Mm -hmm. is really interesting about this period of life compared Mm -hmm. to what we would call middle age, where basically you just run ragged, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Generally. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting too what you said there, Kay, because historically I know so many people that worked up until they were 65, stopped work two years later, they were dead. I don't know if they'd lost their purpose or whatever. And I was speaking to somebody who retired recently and is financially sound so that it wasn't a forced retirement or anything. And she said, well, I just knew the time was right for me to go. And I've not looked back since I've done it. And I've been busier now than I've ever been when I've been working. And that's because I find outside interests like my garden. My garden is now everything to me. And her garden looks amazing, to be fair. And she walks a lot and she just fills her life with other things, which have as much importance to her now without the stress of the high power job that she did have. Mm-hmm. And so I can see her going on forever because she has a new purpose in life. And yet so many others whom I know weren't ill they just died yeah a couple of years after they retired just kind of withered grim withered really yes yeah in terms of that Kay I think you need to up gardening uh, well, no, God, I can no. swap. Them. But no, but it, these are interesting conversations. They really are. And your friend who had the high power <laughs> job and then took on other things, I think the challenge there is giving up the status, giving up that feeling that you mm-hmm. are you are your job <laughs> and your job is you. Um, yes. Because, yeah. well, and for you, Carol, you know, you're Carol Kirkwood. Mm-hmm. You know, you are the hugely well-known face of BBC Weather. It, you know, when you do decide to give that up, it might be hard. <laughs> Well, I don't see myself like that. I see myself as Carol Kirkwood, the weather presenter. Um, and it's nice when, when people say hello and when you're out in Tesco or wherever you are. Um, but I don't see myself as anything more than that. Um, so, so it might be hard. It might be hard. I don't know. Um, listen, I'm just going to ask you a little bit about relationship things. And please don't say, I know you're not going to say anything about your partner, but I do think it's interesting. We've had lots of emails on this. We have had loads of people getting in touch who perhaps have had 30-year relationships and they're getting a bit 
disenchanted, shall we say, but they stay in the relationship because what else do you do? Because that's all you're used to, etc. But that's a very different experience from starting a new relationship at this age, isn't it? You know, yes. because you don't have to do it. You're doing that's it by right. choice. That's right. I was married for 25 years and got divorced and then was single for quite a while, a long time after that, before I met Steve. And we've been together for a few years now. But I was happy. It was a transition between being married and being divorced and suddenly being on your own because I got married very young. And so we were very much a partnership and did everything. And we had, you know, the division of labor, if you like. So he would do the garden and look after the cars and that kind of thing. And I would do the shopping and the cleaning. So those kind of things. And he did the banking um, where I didn't. So all of that was new to me at the ripe old age of in my 40s. And again, you're a wee bit lost, but you get on with it because you have no other option. And if you don't put out the bins, the bins aren't going out. But then you think, actually, this is quite nice, quite nice being on your Todd and doing what you want, when you want, pleasing yourself. If you don't want to go out, you don't. If you want to stay in your PJs all day, you can. Um, and then I was at a, a do that I didn't want to go to. I was going with Steph McGovern, actually, one of my chums, who used to work on breakfast. And she kept saying, oh, please come. I really want to go. And I don't want to go by myself. And I was like, I don't want to go. But anyway, she persuaded me and I did go along. And that's where I met Steve. And I was not looking for romance any more than he was, but we just clicked. We ended up talking to each other and we ended up talking for much of the night, actually. Much of the night at the function. I'll just clarify that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to. <laughs> and then we were friends for a while before we started dating. And then we started dating and there was no pressure at all. No pressure whatsoever, in fact, because if it didn't work out, then... You know, I was quite happy with my single life. So you have the choices. And I didn't feel, because I suppose we just clicked, I didn't have the, is he going to call? Is he not going to call? That you might have when you're a lot younger. Really? I hadn't, yeah. Oh, I think it's still that. that. Well, we spoke to each other every day. So, you know, and, and also, you know, in the olden days, I'm talking about, about myself, I think, well, I can't call him because he hasn't called me and that nonsense. Now, if I wanted to call him, I'd just pick up the phone in the early days and would call him. So so it, it's much more liberating. It's, I think it comes back to that confidence thing as well. And I've had quite a lot of emails or letters from ladies saying that that's given them confidence, knowing that I've met somebody at this stage of my life that I'm going to marry. And that's a really nice compliment for me. But even if we didn't get married, it wouldn't matter. Well, I was just going to say that. Given that you were happy, that you'd been married and you'd found contentment and happiness in, in a single life, was it quite a big decision to go back into a commitment? No, not at all, because it didn't start like that. We started as friends that just drifted into a relationship. Right. So, no, it, it wasn't a big, you know, we, we actually met at a function, so it wasn't a... I'm going to go on something or be introduced by a friend. And so this is a big thing now. I'm going out and I'm going to meet somebody that potentially I could date. It wasn't that. It was just, oh, hi, oh, my name's Steve. Hi, I'm Carol. Very nice to meet you. What do you do then? You know, kind of chat. And then he said, oh, it'd be nice to see you again sometime. Can I give you my phone number? And I said, yes. And um, he said, well, I won't phone you. So because I didn't give him mine. So um, if you would phone me, that'd be great. 
And he, he kind of thought I wouldn't, but I liked him. So I thought, why not? And so we spoke on the phone for ages before we actually finally did meet up and went for coffee. And then, you know, as I say, we were friends before we became romantically inclined. And so, so did you still get that that buzz, that excitement? That, oh, yeah. oh, you yes, did? yes, yes, yes. Especially when we started dating. Yes, because we're like, oh, this is quite nice. I've forgotten how nice this was. There is. But I had a happy marriage until the end. So I don't have any now bad memories of marriage. Um, the, the end of it wasn't nice, as I don't think any end of marriage is. Um, so, yeah, as I say, I'm, I'm looking forward to marrying him. But if we didn't, it wouldn't matter because we still have the nice relationship. Yeah. Oh, was that? we've had a happy ending. <laughs> it is. It's a nice happy ending. Well, listen, we've got to quickly pay Big Six O Bingo, which is just <laughs> random questions. We've got 50 random questions. Don't worry, you've only got two. <laughs> um, don't worry, they come from nowhere. Um, I've got them in Work front in of me. Morning, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And then we're out with you. Um, it's number 11. Is blood thicker than water? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, that was a very quick yes. Yes, of course, I would do anything for my brothers and sisters or somebody that I love, yes, yeah. before I would do something for somebody else. Well, there we go. That's but, a yeah, very, yeah. very quick. What have another one do we have? Uh, number 42. What was the hardest year of your life? I think probably the year I got divorced. I was I didn't expect that to happen and it was shocking and yeah it, it was pretty devastating at the time um but hey it led on to better things didn't it after that mm. so I think that was probably the hardest year that or when my dad died my, I was very close to my dad and he died when I was quite young um and he was the apple of my eye so either of these two Mm. For different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the major life traumas, aren't they? they really yes. Are. Yeah. yeah. Listen, we better let you go do the ironing. Aye. <laughs> and happy days ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you are indeed a breath of fresh air and a ray of sunshine and all the things they say about oh. you, Carol. Thank you so much. And I'll get that <laughs> apple pie recipe to you. Oh, my God. You're going to get some mouldy apples sent to you in the south of England. <laughs> Just send the apple pie, Karen. I that did. Would be <laughs> you should do that. You must do that. All right. Uh, okay. Oh, take care. Pleasure, girls. Thank you so much. Thank It'd be you. Lovely to bye. meet you. Bye, bye Carol. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye. Wishing Carol all the happiness in the world and hoping she embarks on her next big adventure sooner rather than later. Next week, Phil Vickery joins us, so looking forward to that. Please keep those emails coming in. We'd love to hear how you are doing 60. It's podcast at htb60.com. And more questions for Kay, please. I've got a big folder already and I'm building up to the big interrogation.